Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon on um, those um, ways and means. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the original inhabitants and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledges um, original inhabitants on all the lands and acknowledges that this land, all the lands were stolen and never ceded. And if you want to get in touch with the show, and we've got lots of reasons to do that today, um, you can do so by means of com- other means of communication. Out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com. SMS 61456751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Uh, Pay per view tomorrow. And uh, look for the posts on Facebook and on my page, Sally Goldner, and out of the pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. We opened up today with Richard Clapton, the heart of it originally from the Solidarity album of 1983. We're going to try to get to the heart of an issue because today is International Non-Binary Day. And sure, some listeners to the show might have an awareness of non-binary, but um, some may not. So we're going to try to have a chat about that. And on the line, giving up um, time from the west of all these lands um, that we are on um, is the fabulous Misty Farquhar. Misty, I think it's a case of welcome back to Out of the Pan. (laughs) Thank you, Sally. Great to be on again. Oh, look, it is a um, pleasure um, to um, to have you back again, particularly on, I think this is the second International Non-Binary Day that I've been aware of, but happy to be corrected according to um, my research came up with it was introduced last year. Yeah, no, I think it has been, I think it's been going for longer than two years, but ah. not much longer. Yeah, um, they sort of sneak in at first, so... Um, yeah. Um, there we go, but um, non-binary. We'll, well, let's. We'll try to. I'm always, I'm always up for diving in and trying to do the impossible. Do we want to try to define what we're talking <laughs> about when we say non-binary gender? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I've grappled with this a lot because um, the research that I do yep. is is exploring non-binary gender as well as non-binary sexuality. And what I what I kind of came to um, in terms of defining it was. Um, non-binary is a person who um, identifies as something other than man or woman, some or all of the time. That sounds like a fair thing, yeah, which <laughs> um, gets to um, non-binary and fluidity, which I suppose is a, a topic in itself. And I'm you know, certainly aware of that. There are um, you know, certainly people who identify that way I can think of. I want to um, put a good foundation down first, something that's really important. We'll come back to the ideas of fluidity. Yeah. What are the awesome things about being non-binary as you are? Yeah, well, I mean, I think for me, uh, it was something that I came to later in life because it wasn't something that was spoken about very much until quite recently, actually. Um, So I think for me, it's a sense of freedom and authenticity. It's, you know, gender for me, is just not important to my identity and my sense of self. And so that means I feel as though I have access to all of the different ways of behaving and presenting myself. Um, So, you know, I can wear pants or skirts and, you know, I can wear makeup or not. I can cut my hair off. I can wear a long wig. And all of this 
belongs to to my gender, which is non-binary. So I don't. I feel like I'm kind of free of the constraints of stereotypes, if you like. Yeah, which is a well. That's always a good thing. That sounds like a pretty good way to be to me. Um, so um, uh, yes, definitely that you are free. And in that sense, do you feel you have more potential? You're not feeling as limited, and therefore have, perhaps have more potential to use more skills. Yeah, look, maybe. I mean, I'm not. I mean, because there are a lot of uh, career paths perhaps, that are gendered or, mm. you know, even behaviours, like basic behaviours. You know, I think about um, being in meetings and, um, you know, there are people who speak up and people who don't and that tends to be quite gendered or it can be quite gendered. Mm. I mean, that kind of stuff, it, it, it's not relevant to me. Like, I don't feel like there's an appropriate way to behave for me. And I think, I actually think that people are kind of, you know, society is moving more towards that anyway. Yep. Oh, look, I, I agree. I think that, um, you know, it did, um, whilst, let's say, not all of the, say, 1960s and 70s feminists were good enough on trans and gender diverse, um, or perhaps haven't always been, um, that they did open the door to get away from what I'll call the ultra, ultra rigid binary in Australian terms of blokey blokes and girly girls sort of thing, really bad stereotype, I know, and did start breaking it down that a person can be more themselves when it comes to things that Western society, and I'll underline italics 48 font, those words, can um, put in a binary box. Yep. And I think that's really important um, that... You know, people can be themselves, and this, even if you don't identify as um, non-binary or binary trans, it is important that we, you know, allow people a way to be themselves without hurting anyone else. So if a man wants to cry, that's not really hurting anyone else, or if a woman wants to do maths, um, that's okay too, and I know I'm being horribly stereotypical there probably <laughs> in a way, but I do think of one of my colleagues at work who is a... Um, her label, she is a cisgender um, bisexual woman, and she always wanted, you know, her brother's always got the Lego. So one year she got some Lego. She got the nursing kit Lego, not the engineering Aww. one. So, yeah, you know, anything that can break down binary stereotypes so people are happier in themselves and can use that happiness, as I always say, for good and not evil purposes, Robin, has got to be good. Yeah, that's it. And I often feel really sad for um, particularly people who were assigned male at birth, um, you know, it, for them, there's there's almost a danger in, um, you know, wearing dresses or skirts, for mm. example. Like, that can be unsafe for them to do. And I feel really sad about that because, you know, whilst I don't um, – I actually prefer pants. I feel more comfortable in pants. I know that there are people who just feel more comfortable in skirts and dresses. And, and those people could be men or people who were assigned male at birth. But, um, you know, they don't have access to all of the clothes. And that makes me feel sad for them. Very, very true that, you know, that's the case, that, you know, there is a sense of limited expression and if a man wants to wear a skirt or, or similar-ish, um, then that's the thing. And I've got to say that in inner Melbourne the other day, I was, um, I was just happened to be walking down the street and I saw a man now, they could have been a Scotsman and it's because it looked like a kilt, but I wasn't sure, but it made me, you know, it didn't make me stop and think about that, you know, how we have such these sorts of limitations, yeah. Yeah. I suppose that leads, sadly, to, well, the unfortunate flip side. I mean, through no fault of your... Actually, before I go on to the flip side, I forgot to do something very important. May I just check in in which pronouns you um, use, if any at all? 
Yes, I, I use they, them pronouns. I'm not actually... Um, uh, pronouns are a, are a contentious area, I think, but, you know, if people need to use pronouns for me, then they, them are the ones that I prefer. Yeah. Well, you've hit a good point there that um, can we just... Language evolves, of course. You know, we can try to avoid pronouns if you know if that's what someone wants which is why we always say if you use really use any at all um which is a fair yeah. call so you know and that comes back well sadly one of the, some of the things that i'll say non-binary people face even and i don't you know compared to some of the challenges faced by binary trans men and binary trans women yeah i mean i think i i think that often non-binary folk are subject to a lot of the same things yeah. as, as binary trans folk. Um, but but I think there is this addition of a lack of understanding. Um, and it's, it's very similar to the issues that bisexual people face as compared to gay and lesbian folk. Um, that, you know, we like to categorise people and, you know, non-binary sexualities and genders are difficult to categorise. You can't put people into a box. And so, you know, there's there's almost like a resistance to even accepting that they exist or that mm. we exist. Um, so I think that's a real problem. Um, I, I think about things like um, birth certificates, for example. Yep. You know, in Western Australia, there actually is not an option for non-binary folk. Um, and I think that might be the case across most of Australia that, you know, the options are male or female and there's nothing nothing else to choose from. Yeah, um, there are limitations and um, although the ACT does have a little more flexibility, they got in first in 2014. Not sure about South Australia or the Northern Territory. I'm pretty sure the, the, well, the Tasmanian situation is now an automatic no gender on birth certificate, but if you do and want to have something recorded in the background when you should do what it is. But I did, on, on a quick digression, as I understand it, the um, proposed reforms to West Australian birth certificate law have only passed one House of Parliament, although forced divorce has now gone through both. Yes, forced divorce is done and dusted. Um, the birth certificate stuff over here is um, on on pause. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. yeah, similar to... Well, Victoria's is on pause because... Um, well, I do have to say politicians can do something sensible. They've gone on the break for the winter and they're probably in a warmer climate somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't have that problem as much Earth, bless your souls. <laughs> can you just um email some a couple of degrees over here? Yeah. <laughs> Bloody freezing. Anyway. But um yeah, we I'll come back to the birth certificate um debate here in Victoria, which has been introduced just before the winter recess and um Parliament resumes here on August the thirteenth. And hopefully the days will be longer, but um, some letters um, in the Sunday Age this morning, which needs some, um, well, one good one and three bad in my opinion, but that's um, a very binary approach. Seriously, um, let's come back to gender fluidity, um, as we were discussing earlier, because that's something that also needs a little more airing as well. Airing, as a, well, you can wear an earring if you want to. But, um, you know, tell us a bit more about that in your in your words, you know, when, when, in terms of gender fluidity. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess, so speaking from the perspective of a person that um, I, I probably don't think of my gender as fluid. I yep. think about gender as just not being important to my sense of self. Um, but I do have friends um, and know people who are more fluid. Um, and so, you know, on any given day, they might feel more masculine or more feminine or, or more something else. Um, and so they will 
<clears throat> excuse me, sorry, um, they will present in, in that particular way. So on any given day, they might, you know, be all dresses and makeup and on another day might be a little bit more androgynous in their presentation. And um, I think that's, you know, that's equally valid. I, and, and I imagine that most people have that kind of, well, look, I could be wrong, but I, I feel like most people might have that kind of feeling on a day-to-day basis that, you know, maybe maybe I feel more like wearing a skirt today or I'm going to put lots of makeup on as opposed to no makeup. I, I think that's, you know, that's just part of the human experience. Absolutely so. I think that, you know, again, the what I call the ultra-rigid binaries, um, you know, I think are very, very limited if we think of the idea of gender identity and gender expression as spectrums, there'd be very few people, you know, really at the far end, it is the proverbial bell curve, but whether people feel safe, happy, comfortable to fit on where they really are on the bell curve if there was a totally um, free, non-discriminatory world is, of course, another matter. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about is how... Um, people be allies to non-binary people? What are some things that work? And I'm going to break that into two groups, cisgender people, people whose sense of gender largely meets expectations given how they were assigned, their sex was assigned at birth, and, but also binary trans people. What can binary trans people do to you know, increase equity within transgender diverse non-binary communities? Yeah, I mean, I, I, from a... From a heteronormative perspective I guess I think about things like um, doing simple things like practicing using uh, gender neutral language so you know try even you know even just in normal conversation about your weekend try and try and use they them pronouns try to say things like partner and sibling and you know try and move away from gendered language um, and practice that because I think particularly using they, them pronouns does take some practice because it's something that people don't normally or haven't normally done. Um, So practicing that kind of thing, I I think when you're um, addressing groups of people, trying trying to do that as well. So not saying things like ladies and gentlemen, men and women, um, you know, using language more like distinguished guests or folks, you know, there's alternatives. Um, Language is is, is so important. And, and if you have um, control, I guess, over facilities, then trying to make sure that facilities like toilets are gender neutral, or at least there's a gender neutral option. Um, those types of things um, are really helpful. Absolutely. You know, make everyone be and appear to be and feel included is really important. I mean, we wouldn't start a meeting by saying, welcome people with um, dark hair and light hair and not and you know, consciously exclude redheads or something so yeah, or yeah, any yeah. other hair colors um, will be totally inclusive so yeah just welcome everybody jeez <laughs> you sometimes wonder how hard it is but I do <coughs> get that you know they then which of course has been in the Merriam-Webster dictionary in singular use for 500 years yeah. um, is there but you know if, if people don't you know it's just about making an effort and if you don't make the effort it's not going to get any better so things change and it is about being inclusive as well well yeah I mean in so I deliver some training courses over here and, and in in that training what I say to people is that we use they them pronouns when we don't know the gender yeah of um, and so really what we should be doing is not assuming that we know the gender of a person ever until we know the gender of a person so I mean, you know, ideally we would use they, them until a person tells us to use something else. Absolutely. And um, 
you know that that is um, you know, sort of perfectly um, accurate. I and agree with that. And I mean, a classic example which we always come up with is either the mobile phone or or the jacket. Last two people in the room see that left mobile phone or jacket left behind. Oh, maybe it'd be good to take that round to reception. Another person says, "No, they'll be back in a sec. They'll remember yep. they left it here. Not he, she will be back." Kind of thing. Yeah. Or, or worse options, which I can't even bring myself to say. <laughs> um, so. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, and good to see just, um, I did pop you through earlier in the week, a good article from the Washington Post, um, which I think you've got to sneak behind a firewall to get, but it does talk about employers preparing for a gender non-binary world, which I think was really good as well. Yeah, that is fantastic. And we're, you know, we're increasingly having conversations about that with, um, organisations in WA, which is great. And people are starting to think about how, you know, forms that they might have when they're hiring people or, you know, client forms can be more inclusive of non-binary folk. Because um, often, you know, often we'll ask on forms the gender of a person and maybe we don't even really need to know that information. Like, yep. So that's the first step. Like, think about whether you need to know. And if you mm. do, think about how you ask that question. Absolutely, which is just, you know, how to do it inclusively, um, you know, um, is, of course, a really important thing. But... Um, and, um, um, you know, sort of one, um, you know, in human resources um, officer said in this article that when you need talent, you need to be committed to helping people both professionally and personally. It's incumbent on me and my colleagues to make sure every person feels up at long. But I think there's a really good, the start of that sentence, when you're after talent, and this is the thing that, you know, if um, you're going to get lots of talented people identifying as non-binary, well, you know, it's just common sense to keep them, but it's also good a good thing to do in human terms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I, I was just thinking about the other part of the question that you asked before that I don't think I answered about um, binary trans folk. Oh, yes. Um, supporting non-binary folk. I, I think... I mean, I don't think that binary trans folk are unsupportive, um, firstly, I, I guess to say. I think it's more, um, for some people, it might be a discomfort around... Um, it, it's almost like an understandable discomfort that, you know, binary trans folk have fought really, really hard for the level of recognition that they have currently, which is still not enough. Um, and, and so I can see how the idea of a non-binary person... Can, can seem threatening, um, perhaps, in a, you know, this is going to confuse the issue that I've been fighting for for a really long time kind of way. Um, and, and it really is just about, you know, accepting in the, in the same way, um, as, in the same way as we do for, non, uh, for, sorry, for binary trans folk, that a person's gender is whatever they say their gender is, um, and that includes non-binary. So, you know, it's really just more about sort of embracing that diversity of gender, I think. Yep. Cool. No, look, absolutely. And I think I think that you've given a lot of your time voluntarily, so I'm going to let you head off to the rest of your Sunday. And I do want to, again, thank you for arranging your Sunday to include this. Um, you mentioned you do training, and um, we should give that a mention, the various groups and organisations you're involved with over in the West if people need and also um, your, we haven't even got to discussing binaries of... Um, in fact, I'll sneak it in. I know I'm not asking a bit more of you, but... No, that's uh, okay, Sally. I am here for you. Um, the thing is, um, 
um, non-binary sexual orientation. You know, finally, after all the years of, yeah, bisexuals don't even exist. Um, of course, we're now seeing increasing evidence from around the world that bi, or um, regardless of the specifics of the label, um, including none at all in terms of sexual orientation, actually is the biggest sexual orientation under the rainbow. Um, I'm not going to say gay and lesbian, gay is passe, but um, you know that's not fair either. But um, you know the thing that I suppose in the context of International Non-Binary Gender Identity or gender and Gender Expression Day is the linkage um, that keeps coming up um, as people just you know um, just open the the gate of the fence that um, tries to keep us in binary paddocks and keep us moving. Yeah, I think I mean in in my research I. Um surveyed 800 people across Australia um, who were either non-binary in sexuality or gender or both. Uh, And there was a really massive crossover. Like a lot of people who are non-binary gender are also, you know, bisexual or pansexual or queer. Um, And to me, it makes sense. I I identify as both non-binary and bisexual. And it makes sense that, you know, if you're going to question binaries Mm. around one aspect of your identity, that you would question binaries around other aspects of your identity. And you might, you know, you might fall within a binary at the end of the day anyway, but I think it's probably, it's more about, you know, this openness to questioning that, that that creates that crossover. Definitely, um, very much so. Um, that you know what you start make asking some questions and you realize some of the assumptions that society puts down just doesn't really cut the mustard yeah. um, and um, that you just to be ourselves and try to say authentic to ourselves which you know um, is the first thing really um, and then of course we have to face the challenges of a world out there that might not be a hundred percent supportive or understanding is something else but in the end you, it comes down to this need you have to be yourself no matter what alleged assumptions people throw at you. That's right. And I, I'm a massive advocate of um, Kate Bornstein's book, uh, Gender Outlaw, on men, women and the rest of us. Um, you posted a great article about that today. Um, you know, she talks about gender and sexuality in, in such a beautiful and accessible way that I think you know, even people who are cisgender c- would find quite educational. Yeah. Oh, look, absolutely. Would re- it does open people up, um, and of course, um, Kate is a total and utter um, trailblazing pioneer who's probably whose visibility and work has no doubt saved a lot of lives. So, yeah, it was a very good article that came my way overnight, and I thought it was definitely worth a post. So. Um, listeners, scroll down my personal Facebook page for that one just a little if you're listening now or um, look for it on around Sunday morning Australian time. Um, and, you know, we've just got to keep pushing, I suppose, and keep getting to a point where there is, an inc- you know, just continually work for an increasing celebration of gender diversity. Mm, yeah, absolutely. All right. Let me once again ask the organisations you're involved with over in the West for both um, and groups it's and similar for both transgender diverse and non-binary and bisexual plus. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I probably squeeze in another one there, which is um, the work that I do with GRAY, which stands for GLBTI Rights in Ageing. Yeah. Um, they We do uh, LGBTI inclusivity training for predominantly in the aged care sector, but other community sector organisations as well. Um, and I obviously, in those trainings, bring that component of non-binary sexuality and gender because that's what I'm all about. Um, but also, um, we're doing some Trans 101 training through Trans Focus WA. 
um, and also through Bisexual Plus Community Perth doing uh, bye-bye binaries. So it's really um, focusing in on non-binary sexuality and gender um, 101. Lots of good work being done then, and now I'm going to have the Bay City Rollers bye-bye baby in my mind for the rest of the day. (laughs) Hashtag 70s dag in Melbourne. Um, (laughs) But, Misty, look, thank you so much for spending the time um, with me and the listeners of 3CR today on International Non-Binary Day. May it be a happy one, whatever you do, in in all for all parts of you, and, yeah, keep rocking with the good work over in the West. Thank you, Sally. Happy International Non-Binary Day. Thanks, Misty. Misty Farquhar, as you heard, a person of many hats, um, university with Grey, um, also does uni work, and also with um, BiPlus Community Perth is the Facebook group and Transfolk of WA, which covers all of the transgender diverse, non-binary umbrella, so to speak. All right, lots more to cover on the show. Said we would talk about birth certificates. Um and um, the debate around that. And, of course, a reminder today for those in Melbourne, if you're rugged up, I think might be the go, um, to get along to the, at 3 o'clock, on the steps of Parliament to celebrate trans and gender diverse rally, um, or gathering, I should call it, that was there, which we discussed with Renee, um, with Ro last week, sorry. Um, I will gather my thoughts and get some music rolling. Um, Let's have a listen, in the meantime, to... A track from Jade Leonard from, well, gosh, it's already 2010, time flies, um, dedicated to someone who busted binaries in a way. Um, this track's about Kesara, here's Jade Leonard and Funny Bunny. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. <laughs>
Did you know volunteering contributes to a happier life? Want to know what you can do to make a difference in your local community of Whittlesea? Whittlesea Community Connections hold a volunteer information session every month. It is a friendly session where you get to meet others and be linked to not-for-profit organisations. Contact Michelle from Whittlesea Community Connections on 94016630 or visit our website www.whittlesecc.org.au to find out more. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. That's how to, some of the ways to listen to all the great shows on 3CR. And yes, on a, um, I hope you are warm wherever you are. Um, and um, yes, as the um, was said on Out of the Blue today, the show that precedes us, the, the crew from diving from Out of the Blue, diving deep for the marine news as they do every Sunday. It's not exactly um, whether to be out um, and about in Victoria, at least, and probably it looks like most of Australia, um, if you're wanting to be swimming or boating. I think it's a case of, yeah, just don't, I'm going to have to say that as much as this week isn't exactly looking like any of it, looking like a heat wave, my weekly or twice weekly swim might just need a little bit of juggling. I'm not exactly rushing today, anyway. Um, well, um, touched on this during the conversation with Misty, and that is the birth certificate debates. And last Sunday in the Sunday Age was a piece by someone called Holly Lawford Smith, um, and co- co- about the Victorian birth certificate laws called change without consultation. Well, okay, let's say someone has a right to an opinion. There was plenty of consultation when these laws were introduced in 2016 and you know, didn't get through the upper house on a tied vote. The state government, set as part of its um, list of policy reforms, um, you know, said it went to the, this, the state election last year with them again and got a resounding victory. But there are four letters today in the... Sunday Age in response to Holly Lawford's um, Smith's piece. It's being introduced with little consultation. Well, it's introduced in June, as we touched on in the conversation with Misty. Parliament's now in recess. There's plenty of consultation. From my point of view, um, both as a presenter of Out of the Pan and just rarely, as I always say, just to um, make the implicit express, the, the opinions on this show and my own personal ones and any coincidence to organisations... Um, living or dead is coincidental, but this is an exception where I'll say if you want to get some, anyone who wants to get in touch with myself and or Transgender Victorian, just ask polite questions and ask them politely, fine. If you want to contact us and say, you people are going to threaten women, then sorry, no. I'm going to come back to that in a second. But, um, you know, we're always happy to have conversation and the fact uh, conversation and consultation and as mentioned the fact that parliament doesn't come back until august which is the earliest debate can resume on this legislation in the lower house then i think to say that there's no consultation is not in my opinion accurate and the same as last time there was plenty of time for consultation um, good to see and acknowledging any conflict of interest michelle mcnamara from the 
who is from the School of Biosciences at the University of Melbourne, has written in. Now, I acknowledge that Michelle is a person on Transgender Victoria's committee, but um, 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 she counters the claim by Holly Lawford-Smith that um, people that face the most sex discrimination are women. Well, you know, I don't want to get into a hierarchy of the press debate, but I think trans and gender diverse people also face lots of discrimination, and there's a mountain of evidence on that. And Michelle lists the issues, healthcare, employment, housing, obtaining appropriate identity documents. And, you know, Michelle also lists the countries that have had inclusive birth certificate laws and the fact that we now have um, four of, as discussed with Misty, four of Australia's eight states and territories have passed these laws. And also, we've had passports since 2011 that are inclusive. And I think we've got to look at something calmly, rationally, reasonably. The first trans-inclusive laws in Australia were South Australia in 1984, over a third of a century ago. Yet every time trans-inclusive laws, whether it's to do with birth certificates, discrimination or both, are introduced, um, overwhelmingly there's this sense of panic that, um, uh, you know, this sense of there'll be a threat to women. But has it ever happened? No. And there's a good reason it hasn't happened. A fundamentalist Christian website in America as, um, which I'll happily bring up the reference to in a minute, um, and you can look at it yourself just in case you need it, has said, um, in essence, virtually a quote-unquote, that the bathroom debate is a fabrication to whip up emotion. Now, if they've said that, for heaven's sake, how is it that, um, you know, that um, it's an issue? We've always said it isn't, and some people have gone out of their way, not that we really should have had to, to research Um, where they knew trans-inclusive laws were coming in, they measured before and after violent crimes on women, no increase. There's also places in the world that have only ever had all gender toilets. Is there a greater threat to women in those countries? No. The real threat to women when it comes to these issues comes from, um, from toxic masculinity type of males. And unfortunately, that debate doesn't get covered enough because... Um, constantly that gets shut down by, no, it's not all men, you know. Well, it doesn't really matter what the percentage of men is. The bottom line is that we just need to get to 100% on respect and treating people on their merits in relation to anything to do with gender as quickly and as effectively as possible. And when you do that for women, I think we'll find there'll be safety. We then have two people who are well known for their anti-trans stance over the years. Um, um, And one says that as a lesbian, I abhor the way the government has so readily fallen sway to the LGBTI lobbyist promotion of the gender agenda without consideration of how this will adversely affect women. Well, that assumes it's going to adversely affect women, which, as I've said, there is no evidence of that. But I want to say something else. I totally appreciate, as I said, we live in a patriarchal society that treats women um, less than far less than equally, but that's nothing to do with trans. We cop less than equal treatment too. And I don't understand why there is this um, attempted wedge tactics by some people. And the last commenter, well, um, it's there in the paper, so it's got to be said, Nina Valens, whose anti-trans stance, which I have experienced directly, is well known and tries to beat up on the sport issue, which is now the new attempted beat up, when... If a body, by whatever measure, is the same as another body, no matter how it started, then how is there an unfair advantage? And yet um, there's still um, this talk of that. And then there's some pretty snarky, passy, aggressive language that women will pay a price so trans women can be ourselves. 
well, you won't be paying any price. And we're happy to discuss this, as I say, civilly and respectfully, but we are not going to be called threats to women. We are not going to be called pedophiles or anything like that. And I think it is time that this debate was held sensibly and calmly rather than with the constant things. It's interesting how we're, you know, people are allowed to call us threats to women, but when we get a little bit annoyed about that, oh, you're angry, you're threatening us. Well, if you were unfairly called a, th- um, a threat to a whole group of people without evidence, you wouldn't exactly be jumping up and down for joy. So let's knock over the negatives, but for transgender diverse people and real allies, make sure you're at Parliament today at three o'clock on the steps thereof. All right, um, have a quick um, couple of music breaks so far. Um, we opened the show with Richard Clapton, The Heart of It, and um, then went on to um, have um, The Funny Bunny by Jade Leonard. Let's have a listen to The Cliques doing the cover of the Justin Timberlake track, Crimea River, which I don't think is the old standard, um, which um, lounge and jazz singers have done. Um, let's have a listen to that, and then we'll come back and have a quick chat about religious freedom and wrap up the show. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. You were my sun, you were my earth. a chance made other plans I bet you didn't know your world would come crumbling down no you don't have to say what you did I already know I found out from him now there's just no chance for you and me Yeah, we're 
And so I guess I'll be leaving The damage is done So I guess I'll be leaving The damage is done So I guess I'll be leaving The damage is done So I guess I'll be leaving You don't have to say what you did I already know I found out from him Now there's just no chance for you and me We'll never be And Family, I'm Sergio from Che Sudaka, and I wanted to invite you to join Community Radio 3CR. Subscribe, please, because they need your help. Three CR eight five five AM, Three CR Digital, Three CR dot org dot au, Three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting, noon till one, every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Once again, as we approach at this time, live at about 11 minutes to one, we're two hours and 11 minutes away from the start of the um, Trans and Gender Diverse Celebration on the steps of Parliament House with an awesome range of speakers. Um, make sure public transport's probably the go today with all the roadworks and everything else on, um, and rug up and stay warm and have a thermos of coffee or whatever. Or I'm, we're beverage diverse on this show. You could have tea or hot chocolate or a bovril. I don't care. Um, things that are coming up um, after today. Let's um, check out the list. There's quite a few. Um, so I'm going to hold over the conversation on religious freedom for just a bit, maybe till next week. Um, I've, I'll quickly read out an email I had from the magnificent Melina on God and politics. Um, um, very quickly, and just update some people on some events there. Um, but Alphabet Soup happens in um, Westgarth this week. Check out Transgender Victoria's website again, as always, for a great list of events and resources put together by the Monash Gender Clinic. 21 pages. Good to see at least there's a good framework of support. Obviously, a long way to go, but I feel like we've got a foundation down, which is helpful. Um, spectrum Intersections for Rainbow and the intersection of Rainbow and Neurodiverse People happens this Wednesday in Carlton and the Trans Cafe Night's on at the same night and, of course, QTV and Bent TV on Friday night as well. That gets us through the week. But lots of other things which I want to give a mention to. Um, the um, fabulous people from Freedom Socialist Party, um, um, headed up by Alison and Debbie, but a great crew, 
um, is um, running a series of discussions every two weeks um, throughout, or just starting at the end of July and then through August and September, um, Feminism and the Left Discussionary um, Series, because there are issues within the left at times of sexism and other double standards, um, um, follow, and particularly this has come into focus following the, I will just say, the situation around John Setker. I'm not going to go into it on the show. Um, and also international socialist organisations. So this five-session discussion group will read a series of articles and essays that will explore these questions confronting the left worldwide or welcome. Um, so as I say, commencing Wednesday 31 July and then every second Wednesday 14 and 28 August 11 and 25 September, two days after Celebrate Bi Day on that last one, just plugging that into people's minds. Um, 6.30 dinner for um, a 7 o'clock start and a $10 donation, and you always get um, lots of awesome food there. Um, um, www.socialism.com or 9388-0062, probably the easiest ones to read out. Um, so, yeah, very important that that does get discussed. I had some fun last night, so I've got to be upfront. I've had some mental health and neuroprocessing issues over the last uh, month or so, brought on by some um, some tr- um, long t- long term trauma has been triggered. So I'm going to say, and I did some fun last night. I went to an event last night or late yesterday afternoon, run by the fabulous Lisa Sky, who's a great supporter of diversity and safety and diversity in festivals and does the safety house guide and um, Lisa is doing these events to pay this off and keep it going um, the workshop I did was called effing off the fear how to carry yourself like a mediocre, mediocre white man which of course got um, cries of prejudice from well white and males probably mediocre and it was just for performers who are new or perhaps needing some confidence who don't live life as a straight white cisgender male, and I know comedy can have its moments, having done that. Who knows? They, um, we'll see what happens. I have to say one exercise was particularly fun, but if I mention it on air, I'll probably get some of those sort of messages as well. Um, and that was really good, but there's two coming up. Next Friday, 7pm um, at the Butterfly Club, um, is um, the Smut Slam. Before Tinder, how did guys hassle people? Um, and Lisa Sky worked as a quality control monitor, quote unquote, for a dating agency in the early 2000s. Um, so, and it's directed by Candy Bowers, who of course is amazing. So, um, and it's a great show and will help raise funds to cover the safety house guide. And then there's Smut Slam Melbourne, um, immediately following Lisa's performance, um, whole range of storytellers, um, no notes. This is storytelling. No costumes or props. Five minutes in the story has to be real and have happened to you. And it's queer-friendly, kink and vanilla-friendly, fat-friendly, sex-worker-friendly, virgin-friendly, poly-friendly, really, really friendly. No stories of racism, sexism, homophobia, or transphobia, or other discrimination, and stories must be consensual. Um, so that's a good one that follows a double header. It's a bit like um, having two main, um, two main events, although... Um, Extreme Rules tomorrow has sadly combined the men's and women's championships of Raw into one. So, yep, some great events where you can support Lisa Sky, who does good things for our communities. Um, and, yeah, um, that pretty much gets us through lots of events. Um, Melina, um, as I said, wrote in on the religious issue, and I do want to cover this. Um, not enough time today in the end. So much to talk about on International Bin- Non-Binary Day. 
once again, celebrations to all and happy binary busting. Um, Melina has um, written into um, the Canberra Times, Fairfax paper, um, Australians aren't used to seeing their leaders mixing politics and religion. Scott Morrison at Hillsong has legitimised the Liberal Party as officially his broad church, God help the moderates who want a voice. Um, yeah, a big issue, and I think it's something we do need to discuss, but in two or three minutes I'm not going to get it done, damn it. So, um, yeah, um, make sure that we follow this. But, yeah, it does seem that um, good to see comments from both Tim Costello and check out Father Rod Bowers' um, sermon um, on this um, during the week as well. I had better make... Um, um, way for freedom of species, talking all things animale. Take it out today, well, with a bit of bluesy rock from Dana Wolf and the Wolfgang and guests from some years ago, and a track called You Can Have My Husband, But Please Don't Mess With My Man. Um, take you out with a bit of that. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. Oh, before we um, catch you next week, next week on the show I'll be talking with Vicky Pridmore from Breast Screen Victoria about how they now now have the rainbow tick and the processes thereon, and I've seen a couple of questions around the net on that. So if you have questions about that, um, if you're of any body and or any gender, pop them through to me. Um, anyway, take it out today with Dona Wolf. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. We've got some fabulous musicians here who virtually never get together as a group. In fact, this is the first time we've had Broderick Smith with us and uh, it's just been an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much, Brod. It's an honour. We've had a request for this song. This is on our first album. Another Irma Thomas tune.
to Roy Zedros from Black Cat Bone. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.